0: Okay, last week I, I talked to you about the full measure um, from Ephesians chapter 4 that the outcome of, of uh, the fivefold ministries, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers, um, as, as they work together in, in the body of Christ, then they produce a body that can uh, enjoy and demonstrate the fullness of, of Jesus. Um, and we talked about if Jesus was going to be the visiting speaker this week, then actually there'd be a big crowd here, bigger than for Pete Carter, which is understandable. Um, It is The sense of if if Jesus was here and people knew he was here in in a physical reality, we wouldn't be able to keep people away. This this place would be no way big enough. You'd have meetings going all day and it still wouldn't be big enough. Because people want to know the reality of Jesus and they would love to touch him. And if you read through the New Testament, when when people touched Jesus, then their lives were changed. They just touch the hem of his garment, you get healed. And I I love the stories of healing that are just happening. And again, it's just recognizing that that God is is at work. And so we want to to express the fullness of of Christ in this place, the fullness of Jesus. And um, in order to do that, we need to understand how the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers... Uh, work alongside one another and complementary to actually produce something. It says to equip God's people for works of service. So each one of us. So that as, as every part plays its part, we build ourselves up into this thing. And it's, and in Ephesians 2, it talks about actually we, we become a, a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Yeah. So, so we're aiming at something, um, big. And the prophecy that I've just read out to you from Thomas, I believe is, is, uh, directing us towards that and there, there's an unseen element that we need to start to understand in greater measure Okay, so if we take hold of the idea of an iceberg you can see 10% but 90% is, is below so what is it we can't see what, what, what are the unseen realms that, that are uh, have a greater reality than even our physical realm ok so I'm, I'm hoping you've just enjoyed your time of worship. Okay, so who have you been worshiping? Can you see him? So you are worshiping somebody who is unseen, and you enjoy it. That's your lifestyle. So, so it's not that as if we. So the unseen realm is something that actually is very much part of Christianity, and but sometimes we just take it for granted that you can't see Jesus. Can you see the Holy Spirit? Not easily. I can see what he does, but I can't say I've ever seen him. So I can actually tell where he is right now in the room specifically. Um, and I can see what he's doing. How about angels? Now, some of you see angels, don't you? And some of us don't, including me. I'd love to see one. Um, I think it'd be cool. Uh, I can often detect when they're around. But I want to tell you that actually the, the ultimate... Um, aspect with regard to, to angels is, is not seeing them it's believing in them now some of you can, can, can hold this because it takes more faith to trust that God will use angels if you can't see them than if you can we have our faith is in things unseen yeah so so um, and if you work your way through the New Testament and i 've done this And looked at this a number of times. Most of the most significant, obvious advances in the Christian sort of um, message or experience are announced or heralded by angels. It's really tricky to find one. There are a few, um, so don't see angels involved a whole lot on the day of Pentecost. written down i'm sure they were having a good time i'm sure they were part of it but you can't find it there in the bible um and there are one or two other places where i think but generally think so so the conception of jesus who announced that okay birth of jesus who's around getting kind of excited about that garden of gethsemane who's around who rolled back the stone On the day of the ascension, who told told the disciples what to do as they're looking up, gazing, thinking, oh my word, angels. Okay, breakthrough into the the Gentile world, Cornelius. They're They're kind of important. But often unseen, for most of us unseen. And even for those of you who see them, most of what they're doing you don't see. Okay. So, can we have Acts chapter 2 up on the screen? I'm going to get there in a minute, verse 17. It's unseen, I'll read it out. <laughs> well, well done. <laughs> in the last days, I see it on my iPad, so I'm alright. I, I, I could memorise it, but. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. So, who's gonna get Holy Spirit? All people. Does that just mean Christians? I don't think so. Okay. Does God want everybody to become a Christian? How does that happen? The Holy Spirit. Okay. I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions and your old men will dream dreams. So the whole realms of prophecy and visions and dreams is an outcome of the Holy Spirit coming. Even on my servants, both men and women. Now that was an important statement. That's a statement of equality there. I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below. Now... As I was reading this this morning. I thought, oh, I don't think we get to see the wonders in the heaven above too much sometimes. don't know. I don't know whether the recent Aurora Borealis and stuff like that is a wonder. Maybe it is. It's a physical phenomenon. But um, anyway, one show, wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth Blow blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That's good. Men of Israel, listen to this, Jesus of Nazareth, we're there, I'm good, <laughs> was a man, now listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man, what was he? A man, accredited by God to you, and how was he accredited? By miracles, wonders and signs. which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. That's really important. So Jesus was a man credited by God through the miraculous. Okay? Now, he was still God, okay? So before the emails come flying in. (laughs) Okay. He's God, always was God, always will be God, no doubt about it. But on earth lived as a man. Fully man, fully God. There's a mystery in there. And how we knew that God was with him was miracles, wonders, and signs. Okay? So last week I talked about apostles being heavenly minded. And the first calling of apostles is to be with Jesus. Okay, that's in in when Jesus designated uh, the 12 as apostles, it was that they might be with him. Number one is actually that the apostles want to be with Jesus. And in 2 Corinthians 12, 12, it says this. In the unseen realms. Okay, so I persevered and demonstrated among you the marks of a true apostle. So what are the marks of a true apostle? They include signs, wonders, and miracles. Okay. How was Jesus accredited? Signs, wonders and miracles. Getting it? Without the apostolic foundation of signs, wonders and miracles, we haven't got the full accreditation of God. What we have are arguments to try and persuade people intellectually. So God wants people to know that he's with us. And it's really important that we get the apostles in place. Now, talking about apostles, and this is something that I've been thinking about, again, a lot. Because um, the, the question that I, I used to be asked, and still am from time to time, is, is do you think every church should have an apostle? So I thought about that, and I thought, it's not a very good biblical question. And do you want to know why I think it's not a very good biblical question? Because you very rarely, if ever, find apostles on their own. You can find Peter Peter when he goes to Cornelius. But other than that, they travel together. The Bible talks about apostles. So in Ephesians 2, it says that the church is built on the foundation of apostles and prophets. Plural. And why I want to counter this is, is that there is a common thought that, if you like, that the apostle is the chief boss of churches <coughs> and that you have to have an apostle to have this gen. But I want to get rid of that. The apostle's not a boss. And he's not the, the, the pinnacle of Christian achieve- achievement. You can't, can't make yourself into an apostle. It's not not hierarchy. sort of home group leader, whatever, Lincoln, elder, <laughs> Pastor, prophet, apostle, here we go. (laughs) Made it. (laughs) Uh, My contention, my belief is actually that there are more apostles around than we recognize at the moment. But if you can only have one of them at the top, then actually we'll have a limited number of apostles. So that's why we have to get rid of that idea. Because if we have that as a notion, we will not release the apostles in our midst. Okay, you know that same with prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers. It's not a pinnacle. It's not. It's not something you say. Ah, oh, I'm going to be in this amazing because I'm going up this sort of Christian hierarchical ladder. There is no hierarchy in in the Godhead. Okay, so if I ask you who's who's the greatest, Father, Son, or Holy Spirit, I I'm hope you're I hope you're struggling to answer. All three? Yeah, one, because actually, who's got the name above all names? Okay. Who, who, who you're not allowed to blaspheme against? Okay. And who sent everybody? Far, you see, it, it, there is no hierarchy. It's really important we, get, we demolish this idea of, of a hierarchy within the Godhead, because if we think it's in the Godhead, we will, we will reproduce it in our structures. So I want to try and demolish that if I can. So... So apostles have signs, wonders, and miracles going on. And I think the key of that is they want to bring the reality of Jesus to people. And you find they are determined about this. And as we, as we start to understand this more and more, I think it would be easier to, to actually identify and, uh, and recognize apostles. Now, what I want to say is every one of us can be Apostolic. Now, there's a big difference between being an apostle and being an apostolic. Like, how many of you think that you're a prophet? Not many. you going to struggle to put your hands up, but I know. So, oh, yeah, me. Wave. No. But actually, most of you, I hope, would think you can be prophetic. Because you can be trained. Now, how many of you think you're evangelists? Not many hands going up now. I don't know. <laughs> But but could you, oh! But actually, every one of us knows we should be evangelistic. Yeah. So so, so we have to distinguish between the, the the specific call you have on your life, and then the outcome of apostles is they produce apostolic people. So everybody should be end up being doing signs and wonders. So the sign of an apostolic environment is that should happen. Sign of a prophetic environment is, is prophecy. Of evangelistic environment is people get saved it's not too tricky is it okay so <clears throat> can we bring up Ephesians chapter 2 okay verse 19 says this consequently you're no longer foreigners and aliens but fellow citizens with God's people Now, <laughs> members of God's house that, that should be enough to keep you happy for a week at least you're your fellow citizens with who? God's people are members of God's household. That's what he made us be, Built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone. In him, the whole building is joined together and rises to become a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Wow. I like that. So I hope you get excited by the, by the concept of actually what we're constructing together, as we, as we, we work together as, as a church, as we, as we, as we release each other in, in the fullness of the giftings that God's given to us, as we see those giftings dis- displayed and deployed within church life, and we all get equipped to be apostolic, prophetic, evangelistic, pastoral, and able to teach, is that the fullness of Christ will be demonstrated. And this place, not just this place, but I believe that Eastgate will manifest this, is that when people touch you and they, they come into this place, they touch Jesus, the fullness of Christ. And and just during, during the worship, I, I felt God um, sort of dare me to dream again and a bit further. Because um, for many years I've, I've had a dream of of people being uh, set free from dementia. It's, it's one of my, it's a it's a big thing of It's one it's a big big dream, but it, it's it's ha, There's a battleground for that one. And I wanted to say, I don't believe that, that that's something we just accept as a, as, as a byproduct of old age. I think I think we can do just. Oh yeah, it's an inevitability. It shouldn't be an inevitability in the kingdom of heaven. So I'd love people to walk through the doors of this building and get set free from dementia. Not like that. I just think. It, so, does Jesus want to leave people demented? I don't think so. But we aren't we aren't seeing that yet. We're not seeing. We're not getting full assurance. Of, and we, this is a journey that we're on to create something that, of of this place where God lives by His Spirit. Okay. So just cracking on um, um, with regard to prophets now. Um, The New Testament gives us some idea about prophets, and obviously there's a different function to some degree in in the New Testament than the Old Testament. Um, But again, I've been thinking about this recently, and and I think sometimes we have to be careful not to make an absolute distinction between Old Testament and New Testament prophets. Um, Because if you look at Isaiah, what did Isaiah do? (laughs) Well, he seemed to connect with heaven, didn't he? you know, he's there, he's in the temple, he gets caught up, and, and angels visit him, put a rock on his, uh, burning coal on his on his lips and stuff like that, and think, and if you read through, and then, then he prophesies to nations, doesn't he? And what about Ezekiel, Ezekiel chapter 1? Anybody understand Ezekiel chapter 1? <laughs> Actually, I think you're not meant to. I think if you could understand Ezekiel chapter 1, you probably missed the point. That, that God is beyond your comprehension and your understanding. And, he, and he's really mysterious. Really mysterious. And there are mysteries that you you can't get at with, with your brain, but your spirit will respond to. And I think it's really important that we actually understand how apostles and prophets work together because they come together time and time again. It's the foundation of apostles and prophets. And... I think we're on a, a journey of discovery with this because I think primarily churches in the UK, uh, and, and I'm talking about the UK because it might be relevant in other church, uh, countries as well, but primarily most churches in the UK have understood far more uh, the, um, and received far more pastoral and teaching ministries than apostolic and prophetic ministries. So, so, the, so, so, so most churches would have a much clearer idea of pastoral and teaching ministry and foundations than I think they would apostolic and prophetic. Now, you could, if you introduce prophecy into that, you can actually get, make, make a, a pastoral and teaching church a prophetically inspired pastoral and teaching church. You with me? That's not the same as making it apostolic. But you can think, "Wow, we prophesy now," which is great. But unless signs and wonders and miracles are happening, it's still not got the full full works. And I think it's really important that we understand to see how apostles and prophets actually work together. And I think one of the keys to thinking that is actually that remember that apostles are heavenly-minded. Is that actually prophets need to understand and be able to articulate to some degree. The heavenly realities of the unseen world. So, Vicky, I want you to come up and share what's been going on. This, this is exciting. I'm really excited about this because there are things that have been happening in spiritual realities and realms around us in the last few months that we need to start to unfold and understand so that we can embrace them, okay? So.
1: Hi. Yeah, this is something that I saw. um, I think it was last May, actually, at a global legacy meeting. Um, I was sitting kind of where Donna is over there. um, And I was looking out of that window. And as I was looking out of the window, um, a huge angel appeared on the horizon and started striding towards the building. And I was just watching him. He had had quite um, a unique way of walking. Um, and I was watching him walk towards the building. And I assumed, because angels love worship and love being with God's people, I assumed he was going to come into the building. But he didn't. He stopped in the field over there. Um, and and he, he unfolded a huge kind of map or plan. Um, and then other angels came in to join him, smaller angels, um, all different colors. And um, and they all did different things. There were some angels that had tools with them. Um, they're still there now. I saw this in May and can still see it. It's, it's constantly there. Um, and um, and the angels with tools, they're not using them, but they're checking them. They're kind of making sure that, that heads are fixed properly on, on axes and all that kind of thing. Um, and then there were some really small angels that can move incredibly fast. And, and they're running out towards, um, I've, I've worked out since geographically, because I'm rubbish at that sort of thing, running out towards London and Gravesend. Um, and then they come back and they report to the big angel. Um, and he sort of is looking at his map. And then then when worship goes on in this building, they all stop and they look at the building and they look at what's happening. Um, but... But it's not kind of like, oh, wow, wow, you know, I, I need to go and watch these people worship. It's not a kind of wonder. It's almost like they're monitoring the activity in the building. And they're monitoring what's going on in, in the region as well. And and they keep, look, this big one keeps looking at his, his map or his plan. Um, yeah, and that's what I can see. Okay.
0: Okay. Um. In 2008, um, we had uh, the privilege of hosting um, the SOZO training team from Bethel. And and at that stage, we we were um, pursuing this this building. So that was more than six years ago now. And we knew where the plot of land was going to be, where the building was aimed at. And we actually had the, the opportunity to bring the SOZO team from Bethel, with a number of us, onto the land, and we walked around on on here, praying around the land, and um, and uh, they 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 see things I don't know, how that. and they, they 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 called me over one and said, "Come over here, come over here," and they said, "Right, it's really important. There, there's something in the ground here, and it's going up there." And I thought, "I have no idea what you're talking about, and, and I really don't understand." But I'm trusting you, and I said, "Do you know what up there is?" And they said, "No, no idea." I said, "Up there's London." He said, oh, okay, and they said to me, "Well, it's really important that when you get this building, and they said, and you're going to have to contend for this really hard, because you're going to have to battle to get this building, because it's really important." They said, "Said when when you when you got the land, it's really important that and they talked to me. You personally bury something of personal um, worth in the foundations of the building. So actually, in the corner down there, Dave Webster and I came." Onto the site, didn't we? Just before, when the foundations were being dug. And I buried, there's a sort of a plastic container buried over there with things from my personal life, which are around the themes of faith, hope, and love. Okay. Now, on that same day, they went, we went back to our offices in New Ash Green and they were chatting to Dave Webster. And I'll just say this on behalf of Dave. That, that, that um, They were talking They were talking about angels. And they said, oh, the angels have come, kind of thing, isn't it? It's the angels are here, because they can see these angels. But they said, but the general... The generals haven't come yet. So the angels are coming, but the generals haven't come yet. So it'd well, be co- kind of cool when the generals arrive. But I'd like to see the angels in the first place, but I'm, I'm, it's all kind of new. I'm thinking, hmm, okay. Ooh. So, fast forward to Wednesday this week, just gone. So, just four days ago. And we were hosting, I oh, we did host, as we do every month, uh, a sort of leaders gathering for people from around the southeast. And at the end, um, uh, somebody I know uh, introduced me to a guy I don't know, um, and she said he needs to share something with you. And this guy, um, I think his name was Steve, um, and, he, and he was absolutely shaking. He says, "I'm, I'm, I'm, I'm trembling. I'm trembling. I'm trembling." Because he said uh, he was in worship, and and he was looking out this window over here, and he said, "I saw this huge angel stomping across the ground." He said, "I saw the, and." and and he was coming across, right from across there, he he was, and he said he was stomping. And he said he's huge, his head's in the clouds. And he said there's a lot of other angels out there, but he's come and, 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 he's, and, and he's stopped in the field. <laughs> he stopped in the field, and, 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 and he's here, and it's like he's directing operations. And, and this is what he said, and he said, and actually, he's a general. And he said, and, actually, and he said, and these angels—they're gathering here, and they're gathering for warfare. Now, most of you, again, last week I mentioned that actually, you know the summer was a tricky time of spiritual warfare for, for, for a good number of us, and it's really important we know how to defend ourselves. But he said, he said, I want you to understand that they're here for offensive warfare. They're not here just to defend you. <laughs> you think, oh yeah, okay. So how do you process all that? We have to be able to process it in an unseen realm way. And I, I, you know, this is really specific to us. You know what Thomas prophesied to us? seen, 90% unseen. And what is going on in spiritual realities around us, and I don't think it's just exclusive, I'm not trying to be exclusive to us, but I don't know what's happening in the rest of the nation, but I know what God has called us to be, which was forerunners, and to to, to make it easier for other people to gain what we've already gained. That's that's the key. Not to be proud about it, but to to make it freely available to people, what God gives us. We want to make it freely available to other people. And... (coughs) And there is something happening and I, th- I th- the key to this in terms of, of establishing and building it i 'm sure is understanding apostles and prophets in an increasing way because I think we need to release the prophets it, into an, uh, that lean into the apostolic realm, not just the pastoral teaching and evangelistic realm now, so for instance, um, we re- I think we 're really good at, at, as a church we're really good at, 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 at prophecy leaning into the pastoral to the personal per- your personal um, circumstances. I think we're good at it in terms of evangelism, so treasure hunting. Well, it depends. I think we're also good at it in terms of the teaching realm because we depend on revelation, but I think one of the things that come out, I think we need to to start to open our eyes to the unseen realms, and that's one of the things we want want to do. Because if we don't, then we won't benefit from the full resources that are, are being deployed on our behalf. And if you want a Bible story that helps you understand that, and I've not got time to go into it, but um, in, in um, 1 or 2 Kings 6, I can't remember which one, it, it's got the story of Elisha with his servant when, when they're surrounded by m- massive forces and the servant is, is somewhat concerned because basically the, the enemy have come to get them and they are surrounded by this huge force and Elisha has this, you know, so the servant tells Elisha and Elisha says, well, no bother, they're more with us than with them. Now, if, if you're the servant at that moment in time, that's not very comforting. It, it, you think, you think, just think, Elisha's not very good at maths, or he, you know, he's a bit over-optimistic, or he's, or he's lost it, he's one of them prophets, he really doesn't understand much, You know, he's just weird and wacky. You know. And that is a danger with some of these prophets, you know, he's just weird and wacky. Let's, get, let's deal with reality. Well, which reality are you trying to deal with? Because what Elisha says, okay, open his eyes, and as soon as his eyes are open and he sees the armies of heaven deployed around, His fear goes to faith in an instant. Because he suddenly understands, wow, God's here. (laughs) And he sent the angels. And it doesn't matter what the enemy tries to do, they're not going to have us. And I want us to understand in greater measure the realities of heaven that have already been made available to us. And it is quite short. Now, I, I, I've lost track of how many people have told me that they've seen angels lined up outside this building. I, I, seriously, it, it's any, almost any event I come to, and it's not, it's not usually the members of NKCC who are telling me, Somehow, but I, again, I came with the evening of worship we had a few months back. Somebody said to me, Come over here, there's hundreds of angels looking in through the window. <laughs> well, I go over there, and I'm, I, what I can see are fields, okay? What I can see are fields. <laughs> uh, and cars, and and, and pylons. and and, uh, I've lost track of how many people have prophesied about the pylons as well. uh, But but but, uh, what is important, I can't see it with with these eyes. But I can see it with the eyes of my heart and my spirit. And if you will do that, then something's going to happen inside you. Because you're going to understand... The realms of heaven, and the, the the way that is going to impact planet Earth in a greater measure. Okay, see so the Christian story is not is not complete without the angels. It's all about Jesus. He is the chief cornerstone, but but it's silly to ignore what God is making available to us. Now. Folks at the back said, Are you going to do a song? And I said, Probably not, but I've just changed my mind. (laughs) I want to to use, I want to use, can we take this to the back? There's a song on here called I See Heaven from. Now, I'm aware, again, that you can, those of you who need to get your kids in a minute, okay? And I won't take long over this, but there's a song called I See Heaven. And I want to use it as a way of bedding this in if you need to go and get your kids please feel free to do so feel free to bring them back up here Um, but we're going to use this song just to help us bed this in because i want you to see heaven being revealed in this place and this is where your eyes of faith start to kick in with faith all right i'm not saying you i don't most of us can't see with these eyes but actually have you got eyes of faith because if you'll start to, to, to use those, okay, and use this song to help you enter into this realm. So I'm going to suggest you stand, and and I don't know if we've got the words. Have we got the words? Wow, there we go. Okay, let's, let's do it. Father God, open our eyes to the realms yet unseen. Father, we use our eyes of faith. So we trust in you. We recognize the unseen realms. We thank you for deploying heaven's resources for us specifically. And we welcome all that comes from heaven. And Father, we want to play our part. In this amazing end time revival, but we want to see people set free in every dimension. we long to see thousands and thousands and thousands of people born again, but we want to see people healed and delivered, we pray for the fullness of Jesus to be manifest through our lives. This is our determination. This is our longing. This is the cry of our hearts. That heaven be made real in this part of planet earth. Amen.